Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Light, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. We're starting a brand new message series today. It's called Illuminate. It's called Illuminate. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about evangelism. Um, and and I've I got to give you a disclaimer here. Because here's the problem. Um, I didn't grow up in church. And I always got frustrated when people inside the church used words and phrases that nobody used outside the church. You know what I'm saying? Uh, words like evangelism. Nobody, you know, I, I had no idea what that meant. Um, so today, what I hope starts is a few weeks of us talking about what it means for you and I to illuminate the light of Christ in this world that's around us. Uh, and, and here's the problem. Um, it's kind of like preaching about money. Because the minute I start talking about money, there's a certain segment that's just going to shut me down. I'm not going to listen. And as soon as I start talking about sharing your faith and evangelism and, 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 and that sort of thing, there's going to be a certain segment that's going to shut me off. And here's who usually is going to be the ones that shut me off. The ones that have been following Jesus the longest. You know, you, you took the class and you, you know, went through the discipleship series and you've done it all. And you've been following Jesus long enough. That's somebody else's job. That's the pastor's job. And I just want to stop and just say, listen... Um, please don't do that today. Please don't do that over the next several weeks because I'm not sure, but I really believe that you may be the one that needs to hear this the most. Um, so before you predetermine in your mind what you think I'm going to say, um, it's going to be a little bit different than most evangelism series. I, I didn't like that word. When I, I didn't understand it. My home church called it soul winning. And I really didn't understand that. I'm like, well, if somebody wins, somebody loses, what, what happens there? Um, I, and they would call it, we would go out on Monday nights to go witnessing. Didn't really know what that was all about either. Um, somebody called it, uh, we, we call it sharing your faith. And, and you know what, that, that makes sense to us. because You know, those of you that are part of the church, I mean, but I'm just not sure that really resonates with, with a lot of people. Somebody said one time that evangelism was one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread. And I think that's pretty cool. As long as the other beggar knows he's a beggar. So let me tell you what the next few weeks are not going to be. Um, they're not going to be how to win your heathen neighbor to Jesus in three easy steps. That's not what this is going to be. It's not going to be how to craft your conversion story so you can write it on a business card at Starbucks with your friend who will certainly bust hell wide open series. That's not it. It's not a you're a failure as a Christian because you don't have the Romans road to salvation memorized, painted on your living room wall, and tattooed on your forearm for easy reference. It's not what it is. 
See, I'm well aware that when we start talking about stuff like this, people get uncomfortable. I know that. Uh, and, and there's reasons you get uncomfortable. Because many of us are uncomfortable sharing our faith. And I just wonder, how many of you would say with me that in a one-on-one situation, you're uncomfortable sharing your faith? Anybody want to? Yeah. It's much easier for me to stand here in front of you than in front of just one person. Is that weird? That's, that's, that's how I'm wired. So that's why you're uncomfortable. Because you're uncomfortable sharing your faith. Because you're not actively sharing your faith, you come to a service like this and hear me talk about it and it makes you feel guilty. So you don't like it. I get it. You don't like this subject because you think it's for pastors and church leaders and super Christians. What I hope you see over the next few weeks, that it's really not as intimidating as you think it is, and it is for you. And maybe you get uncomfortable just because you, you just don't like people very much. I got you. So hopefully, over the next few weeks, we'll clear up some of that stuff. All right. Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16 says this. Jesus' words, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds And glorify your Father in heaven. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Uh, God, thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for the worship that we've encountered and experienced. And God, I I know that that as we lifted our voices and our instruments to you, that God, it was a sweet-smelling aroma around the throne room of God. Um, God, I pray over the next few minutes and over the next few weeks, you'd help us understand how important it is that we obey your command to go into all the world, preach and teach and make disciples. We love you, Jesus. Everybody said, amen. amen. We're going to talk about the, the definition of illuminate. And I've already lost you, haven't I? Why does this crazy man have Oreos and milk on his table? Because I'm hungry. That's why. Four definitions for illuminate. You ready? Number one, to supply or brighten with light, light up. Number two, to make lucid or clear, throw in light on a subject. Number three, to decorate with lights in a celebration, like Christmas time. Any Christmas people in the room? Come to my house at Christmas time. Every room in the house will have something Christmassy in it. Listen to me, every room. Except, no, I got my little thing in the man cave. To enlighten with knowledge. So here's what's happening. I'm praying that God shows me a way to explain this idea of us being active and sharing our faith in a, in a way that just, just resonates with people. And, and God speaks to me kind of weird sometimes. And so... Um, this is kind of what he showed me. Just, just so I'll know. Um, hang on a second. No, this is just plain old-fashioned American Oreos. Oh, man. 
I hadn't had an Oreo in like 20 years. I hadn't had an Oreo in like 20 minutes. Just so I know, anybody, anybody like Oreos? Would anybody like to have an Oreo? Keep your hand up. Elijah, come here. Get your Oreo. You want to, I didn't double dip if you want to hit the milk. You want to do that? How's that working out for you? Is your mom going to be mad at you because I gave you? Okay. Who, who else? Who, who likes Oreos? I was trying to give you my, I was trying to get my wife. Who, look, y'all. Okay, just take one. Anybody else over, over here? See, y'all are afraid now. It was like every hand. I, I love you, Kathy, but I ain't coming all the way back there. There we go. Who needs one? Kathy needs Oreo. Okay, Beth needs Oreo. I, I really didn't plan on all this, but but we're just going to do this really quick. All right, see, this shows you how much I love you because I came all the way to the back road to give you Oreo. Danny, you want an Oreo? There we go. Martha ain't afraid. Since I'm already back, I saw Justin saying I go up 17 times. So I got you right there. Sterling, you want to, you, you good? You sure, Kathy? Cinnamon gum. All right. Cinnamon. Now, here's what I need you to know. I just, we just taught you a valuable lesson about sharing your faith, about evangelism. I'm not going to drink that because that'll give me gross breath. So Twitter people, raise your hand. It, Facebook people, for the rest of the day, the hashtag is hashtag Oreo evangelism. I want to see that out there. So here's what I'm going to do. What sharing Oreos teaches us about sharing our faith. Are you with me? Here we go. Number one, take a note, write this down. Before I can share Oreos, I must own Oreos. Before I can pass these things out. I mean, how, how frustrating would it have been for me to say, who really wants an Oreo? You raise your hand. I'm like, well, Dollar General's right there. Go help yourself. Before I can share, I must, I must possess. You can't share something you don't own. You can't share something you don't possess. You can't share something. You can't give something away that you don't have to begin with. One of the reasons people feel uncomfortable about sharing their faith is that they don't really have a faith to share. Maybe I can explain it like this. Um, anybody ever sat in a timeshare presentation? Did you leave going, that is two hours of my life, I will never, ever, ever get back? Well, we were at, uh, we were at a place in Orlando in one of my in-laws' timeshare units. And, of course, as we check in, they're like, hey, if you really want to come by and get a $100 American Express card, if you'll sit in here for an hour and a half, you can leave with, your, with 100 bucks." And I'm like, hey, you know what? That works. And so we sat there, and, and honestly, that was the hardest $100 I've ever earned in my life. It was awful. And we're sitting at the end, and this dude's really just trying to close the deal. And it was really funny because it was like 20 grand, and, and I had spent every nickel we had on Disney tickets. <laughs> and he's just hammering me, hammering. And, and, and here's, you know, 
because I've been, I was in sales and because I've been in customer service, I, I kind of understood what was going on. And he started, do you have kids, Mr. Life? Well, yes. Are they important to you? No. <laughs> Is spending quality time with your children a, a, a value in your home? Well, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Well, don't you think that providing a vacation for them uh, in places all across the globe would be a great way for you to spend some quality time? And just goes on and on and on. So finally, I started asking the questions, and this is where I have fun with those people. I'm like, uh, well, which of these locations have you visited personally? And he said, uh, well, well just, just this one. I mean, you mean the one that you work at? Yeah. So you've not vacationed at any of these other places you're trying to sell me. Well, well, no, we don't, we don't get a lot of vacation time here. And I went, so you, the company that sells vacation doesn't give his employees vacation time? Really? Hmm. Can I have my $100 now? Don't sell me a Ford when you drive a Chevy. The problem we have with sharing our faith is sometimes we don't have a faith to stand on. Don't try to sell me on the idea that you love this country when it takes you hours to light up the White House in a rainbow and a week to lower the flags to have staff for fine unarmed heroes. You're not buying that, are you? No, you're not. Here's, here's what I want you to grasp before you leave today. That Jesus came to rescue. You know, we, we paint this, this beautiful picture of how Jesus came to rescue the world. And he did. But listen to me. He came to rescue you. Period. And, and I'm, I'm not really concerned about your church affiliation or your denomination affiliation. To, to really accomplish your purpose on this planet. You need to let Jesus rescue you, and then you need to let him use you to rescue others. All right. So before I can share Oreos, I got to own Oreos. Here we go. Before I can share Oreos, I got to find somebody that wants Oreos. I'm going to make some of you mad with this one. I, I know I am, and I'm really excited about that. Anybody not like Oreos? Tori, Megan doesn't like Oreos. Tori, will you come here just a minute? I'm going to pick on Tori because Megan scares me a little. <laughs> so you don't like Oreos? Okay, do you dislike Oreos? Yes. Have you ever eaten an Oreo and you didn't like it? So you wouldn't be really excited about me offering you another Oreo. Let me ask you, if I, if I offered it to you, would you take it? but you wouldn't enjoy it. But you'd listen to my spiel about the Oreos because you like me and you don't want to hurt my feelings. But, okay, so if I give you an Oreo, what are you going to do with it? You're going to give it away? <laughs> and if your mom wasn't there, you'd throw it in the trash? I'd find somebody. Find somebody? I got you. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> That's why. That's why sharing faith with strangers is so difficult. That's why part of our job 
and that's not the right word. Part of our calling as believers is to be intentional about building relationships around us. Because I'm just going to tell you, and I, I, I honor people that will stand on a street corner with a megaphone and preach to complete strangers, but I want you to listen to me. It doesn't work. Do you know how most people have found Jesus? Honestly, it's not from, from even a pulpit, not even a sermon. You know how most people find Jesus? Because somebody they know fell in love with Jesus and wet their appetite for change. So I, I wonder how many people inside your circle of influence, your family, your friends, your Facebook friends, your, how many people inside your circle are far from God? See, I, that's... That's the field. It's not, you know, I, 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 like I said, I honor people who will. Let me ask you a question. Yesterday, uh, this happened to me, so I, I think I can speak from experience. If, if you're at home on a Saturday and you're relaxing and you see a strange car pull into your driveway and someone you don't know gets out of the car with a clipboard in their hand, it starts knocking on the door. Will you be honest with me and just say that you will not answer that door? Unless you have a 22-year-old son, you can make answer the door for you. I'm afraid that when we hear the terms about sharing our faith, that we have this image that you're talking about approaching complete strangers in the grocery store and, you know, harassing them about, you know, with, with a Bible verse. And, and while there are people who are called to that kind of evangelism, most are not. But let me tell you what, what we are called to. We are called to invest our lives in people around us. And when that opportunity arises to share the goodness of God and the great things that He's done in your own life. See, you can argue with this book. We talked about this this past Wednesday night. You can argue with this book all day. And, and you know, if you try hard enough, you can open the book and, and, and pretty much make it say anything you want it to say. And you guys know how I feel about the Word of God. I, I love this book. I, I love this this word, but, but listen to me, if you, if you don't want to hear it, I, I don't care how heavy my Bible is, me beating you on the head with it, it's not going to get through. But let me tell you what does get through. When people fall so in love with Jesus that his love spills out of their heart on other people. I, I'll even submit it like this. If you'll fall that in love with Jesus, you won't have to search for people to share your faith with. Hmm. If you're taking notes, write this down. Before I can share my Oreos, I've got I to care more about you than I care about my Oreos. See, if, 
If I wanted to take my Oreos home and watch the Braves game with them later, first of all, my wife wouldn't let me do that. But secondly, I couldn't be giving these away, could I? See, here's, here's the problem. We, we care more about our own comfort and security and reputation than we do other people. We care more about staying inside of our own comfort zone than we do other people. And I'm telling you that we simply, as believers, as Christians, as those called to, to, to follow Jesus... We've got to develop a care and a compassion for those who are far from God that is stronger than our own comfort. A few years ago, we, we, Mark and I were teaching on a Wednesday night out of a book uh, called Just Walk Across the Room. And it was written by a man by the name of Bill Hybels, who's, who is a tremendous author, and I was using that book in some of my preparation. I opened the book, and some of Mark's notes fell out. And, and, and I probably should have asked him about this, but I'm, I'm going to read it anyway. He said this, listen, because I, I, I'm going to read it here because I couldn't say it any better. He said, I believe that true compassion is really about looking at people through the lens of eternity. Do we really believe that there's going to come a day when we stand in front of God? Do we really believe that that neighbor to your right or left, do we really believe that that coworker that annoys the snot out of you will one day stand before God? See, if if I'm so consumed with my own wants and my own needs that I... I can't look at those who are far from God with a compassionate lens that's driven from eternity. He said, the question is, can you see that man or woman in front of you in heaven? If not, then we need to work on being more like Jesus. Study his example and model of compassion. See, listen, Jesus, if we're followers of Jesus, here's what he did. He spilled every bit of his life for people who murdered him. And even in his last breath was begging for their forgiveness. So, here's my submission to you. Should we, as believers, as followers of Jesus, seek God for compassion? I I say yes. See, here's here's the deal. One of the biggest obstacles to spreading the gospel of Christ is Christians who have forgotten what it feels like to be rescued. And we've stepped outside of that. I'm so thankful for this one thing. I'm so thankful, and this is going to sound weird, and you're going to scratch your head over this one, but I'm so thankful I didn't grow up in the church. I'm so thankful that 
I met Jesus as a teenager because the, here I, I talked to some people that grew up in the church. I'm like, what, what were you like before you found Jesus? I don't know. I've been a Christian since I was in a diaper, which is not true, but I remember vividly what it feels like to be rescued. I remember vividly what it feels like to be a young teenage boy, confused and hurting and nobody around understanding. My parents didn't know. They thought I was fine. My friends at school thought I was fine. But I was broken inside. I remember the loneliness and, 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 and the despair of a 14-year-old kid. And I remember what it was like when I knelt beside my bed and said, Jesus, if you're real. See, I, I, I wasn't even convinced that he was even real. I need you to do something in my life. I need you to change me. I need you to fix all that's broken. That's pretty heavy for a 14-year-old, isn't it? And I remember. That's been over 10 years ago. Maybe Christians... We need to remember what it feels like to be broken and prostrate before a bloody cross. See, I think that's what it takes to recapture compassion. We somehow have this idea that because we've been saved, we're better than the other degenerates of the world. Listen to me. At the foot of the cross is level ground. When you truly remember all that Jesus has done for you and how he rescued you, where you'd be without him, you don't need an evangelism strategy. You don't need a technique to share your faith. When the love of Christ lives in your heart, it'll come out of your mouth. Jesus said, from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Maybe you need to think about what's coming out of your mouth. Because that's a, if Jesus' words were true, that's a clear indication of what's going on in your heart. You got trash coming out of your mouth, then maybe you need to take a trip to the altar. Maybe you need to take a trip by Calvary and, and, and lay your life at the foot of the cross and let Jesus transform what's on the inside. And I promise you what's coming out will change. In other words... We've forgotten what the Oreo tastes like. So maybe some of us in this room need to recapture that. Maybe it's been a long time since you've had a genuine encounter with Christ. Can I tell you that you don't have to leave here today without encountering Him and all of His goodness and His mercy and grace. He's here among us. See, that's, that's one thing that we teach and preach that uh, a lot of religions don't, you know, I'm, I'm not about trying to, 
to reach God by my activity. God chose to reach me. And, to, and John says it like this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, the, when we talk about spreading the gospel, see, the gospel is really, it just means good news. There is good news. You have good news. The good news that Jesus washed your sin away, forgave you, and has given you hope and life and, and peace and has transformed your life and given you purpose. And I don't understand why something so dramatic and something so radical can take place in the life of a believer and we just won't allow it to come up in conversation. From the abundance of your heart. The mouth speaks. Maybe it's been a while since you've knelt in surrender to the mercy and grace of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, Dwayne, none of this really makes sense because I'm not following Jesus. Hey, this, can I just, just talk to you? Not, not Pastor Dwayne, but just Dwayne. I, I, I want you to know that regardless of, of, of how you've been hurt in a church and how some Christian has, has, has given you a, an unclear reflection of what Jesus is supposed to be, I want you to know that he's everything he said he was. I want you to know that he is so madly, passionately crazy in love with you that he'll stop at nothing to rescue your heart. And all you have to do is surrender to him. Oh, we've made it so complicated. We've made it so... We, we made it so confusing... And it's really a very simple story. We're broken and hurting and sick and dying. And Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago to rescue us. And man, if you haven't experienced that, you are missing your life. Your, see, your life is not this blip that we're on this planet. You're born for eternity. See, this entire childish, juvenile display has been for this one thing. To help you and me see that before I can share Jesus, before I can share Christ, I must encounter Him. And I'm so grateful that somebody shared with me. I'm so grateful that somebody stepped outside their comfort zone. And even though I gave them every indication that I didn't want to hear it, and I gave them every indication that I wasn't interested, I'm so glad that they stepped outside their comfort zone long enough to point a bony little 14-year-old finger in my face and said, you don't want to go to hell, do you? I'm not necessarily recommending that, but it did work for me. Don't you think this world needs people who are full of Jesus to love this world? Let me tell you what we have enough of. We have enough of 
Christians who are ready to point out the evil in others without first stepping underneath the cleansing flow of Jesus. Man, I don't want to do that. Chris is going to come and play. I'm going to show you one more passage of Scripture. And, and I don't know if there's... I just find the, the words that I'm getting ready to share with you interesting. Because in one part of the New Testament, Jesus looks at us and says, You are the light of the world. And then in John 8, verse 12, he says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He pointed at people and said, you are the light of the world. And then he said, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you can bring light to this dark, dark world. If you'll follow me, not if you'll join the church and not if you'll teach Sunday school and not if you'll drop 20 bucks in the offering plate, if you'll follow me. If you'll learn who I am and how I lived and what I did and and do all that you could do, even though you're going to fail, to do all that you can do to follow in my steps and to love like I loved and serve like I served, to follow my example, then here's what will happen. You'll bring light to a very, very dark world. That is evangelism. When you've let and allowed the love of Jesus to fill your heart and you're following him and you're, you, your, your eyes are fixed on him. And even though you fail and even though you drop the ball, you get up and you try to, and you take another step. And, and you, maybe you drop the ball again and you get up and you take another step. I get it. I, I, by the way, the line of perfect people is pretty short, Right? So maybe the question of the week is, how closely are you following Jesus? See, it's, it's, not, it's not have you memorized all the steps to leading someone to Jesus. It's maybe are you following closely enough to him that they can't spend time with you and not be in his presence? Well, doing that. You just don't understand. My company's going crazy. My school's going crazy. Our country's going crazy. Stop. If, that's, if that hinders us, then we serve a pretty puny, unpowerful God. But we don't. And the message of the cross is the greatest message this world has ever or will ever hear. Are you willing to be used by Jesus this morning? Are you willing to live a surrendered life? Are you willing to be the one? I'm going to challenge you with a couple things. I'm going to show you a video. Are you willing this morning to pray some dangerous prayers? Because here's what I'm going to ask you to pray. 
the most, the single most life-changing prayer I've ever prayed was when I, other than when I prayed to receive Christ, was when I said, God, would you please give me a love for your people? That sounds like a pretty tame prayer, doesn't it? But can I tell you that prayer turned my life upside down. I'm here in front of you today because I prayed that prayer. I stand up here and snot and cry on Sundays because God answered that prayer and gave me a love for people. And sometimes I have a hard time communicating what it is that God's put in my heart. And sometimes I have a hard time helping you understand exactly what God... But here's the deal. You have no idea how desperately I am in love with you. And it's not because I'm good. It's because God answered a prayer 30 years ago. I dare you to pray that prayer. See, some of you are pushing back because you're afraid God might answer it. God, give me a love for your people. Chris, hang on just a second. I want you to watch this video. I, 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 just, I want you to see. Uh, th- this will explain it better than I can. I was hurting and someone showed me Jesus' love. My life felt hopeless until someone shared hope. Someone who was a good friend and helped me follow Jesus. Someone who gave up their life to help me. Someone at school. Someone in my neighborhood. Someone who I fish with. Someone I have coffee with. Someone that I can have a good conversation with. Someone I met at my daughter's volleyball practice. Someone at my home. Someone who likes me for me. Someone who doesn't judge. Someone who loves unconditionally. Someone who will teach me to know God. Someone who believes in me. Someone who will show us how to live. Someone who will guide me. Someone who will help me follow Jesus. For me, that someone was my friend Lily, who helped me follow Jesus more closely. That someone, my friend who discipled me, was Kendon. For me, that someone was my friend Chuck. For me, that someone was Antonio. That someone was Bruce. That someone was Lucas. That someone was Amy. That someone was Henry. That someone was Demetrius. That someone was my grandparents. That someone was Terry. That someone was my Sunday school teacher. That someone was my friend Liz. That someone was Bill. That someone was Matt. That someone was Darla. That someone is my dad. Will you help me follow Jesus? Will you help me follow Jesus? Will you help me follow Jesus more closely? Will you? 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 Will you be that someone? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to pray. And I, you know, obviously I can't force you to pray this prayer. But here's your challenge. I'm, I want you to ask God to burden your heart with five people. Maybe it's, 
it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe. And here's what I don't want you to do. When God pops that, heart, that name in your heart, you see, it's really easy for us to go, well, they, they live too far away, or they, uh, they, they don't believe like I believe, or they'd be resist. Uh, you know, stop. Just ask God to burden your heart with five people, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for Every day. Ask God to open a door. Not for you to share some evangelism technique with them, but just that God would open a door for you to love them. That may that love may look like a meal at lunchtime. It may look like a cup of coffee. I don't I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not gonna tell you how just five people. Five people. Bow your heads with me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And every hour I need you. My one, my righteousness. God, how I need you. God, that's our prayer this morning. We need you. God, I'm, I'm first to tell you that apart from you, there's nothing inside me that's good. So I need you. Hey, if you're here and you're following Jesus from a long way off, maybe just that phrase, Lord, I need you, would be a great first step. Maybe a lot of this today has been a little detached for you because you're not really following Jesus hey listen to me I get it I've been there so when we pray maybe that's your prayer Lord I need you I want to follow you more closely and I need you maybe you're here and you say Duane I'm, I'm just not it's not about this. I'm not about sharing my faith. I'm not, a, I, I kind of keep to myself. I kind of do my own thing. I'm, but maybe God's done a, maybe spark something in your heart today. Maybe that. Maybe that's a good prayer for you. Lord, I need you. Chris is going to lead us. Let's pray together.
Father, in Jesus' name, that's our declaration. We need you. Some of us are taking a step towards you today. And we declare we need you. Some of us are challenged to live a life of surrender to you so that your love can fill our heart and spill into this world that's gone crazy.